I'll start reading in verse 1. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord, all caps, Yahweh, filled the temple. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Whose house is it? Okay, let's not get that mixed up. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord. They worshiped and they praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever. Then the king, the senior leader, and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. And the priests attended to their services. The Levites also with instruments of the music of the Lord, which King David had made to praise the Lord. They'd already instituted this before Solomon. They rehearsed now again what David had instituted to praise the Lord, saying, for his mercy endures forever. Whenever David offered praise by their ministry, the priests sounded their trumpets opposite them while all Israel stood. So nothing's wrong with standing up when we read the word of God. Furthermore, Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was in the front of the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offering because the brazen altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat. So the place he had designated, they gave so much, it could not contain it. At that time, Solomon kept the feast seven days and all Israel with him and a very great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held a sacred assembly for they, this is sacred. If you didn't know, this is not church service. But they observed the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. On the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, joyful and glad of heart for the good that the Lord had done for David, for Saul and you know his son, two generations, and for his people Israel. Then Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. And Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart. Whose heart? Solomon's heart. To make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, COVID. I, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Verse 15. Now that my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually forever father we bless you we honor you we thank you for this great house we thank you for this great people we thank you for this great opportunity that you've given us so father touch my mind that it doesn't think like the average man Fill my heart with the word of God that guards me, 
from anything that would be deceptive or destructive. Father, allow me to release out of my mouth things that will cause your people to leave this place joyful and glad. I pray this prayer now as your servant. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats in the presence of the Lord. We set aside this time annually. And we set it aside annually because it's something that the Lord placed in my heart. I can see it in scripture so I don't have to fast 40 days about it. I can see it in scripture so I don't have to get the board's approval. I can see it in the scripture so I choose to obey. And the choice to obey, to give what God has given us, you can always tell when you know God has given it to you because you'll give it back to him. So to make sure that we create a place where God can come and meet with his people and not only meet with them, relieve them of the things that oppress them. Uh, we have someone who got overheated, but they're fine. Why? Because they're at this house. Now, whether you believe in the house, that's up to you. But when you erected something, you have a confidence in it that others may not have in it. So we instituted this, this form of dedication so that God will know that we know that this came from him. Not only this building, everything we have. Uh, myself and Lady Davis, we were doing decent in our careers and both of us were asked by God to leave our careers. I left a little bit earlier than what she did. And the Lord was faithful, has been extremely faithful. But we understood if we're going to leave what we thought was our provision, we got to make sure everything we have is in God's hands. And over the years, we have lost nothing that had our names on it. Nothing. So what I want to walk you through, and I, I, I said, I, I want to start from scratch because some people give to God and take back from God. Some people never gave to God. And if you understand the warfare that's going to come against your success, then you will put everything that God has given you into the hands of God so that those thieves cannot take it. And there are thieves and there are robbers and there are those with wrong intentions which at night, you can't watch everybody. The, biblically, the Bible says, while he was asleep, the enemy sold tares among the wheat. So there are certain things that can happen when you're not aware. But what you have to do is make sure that you give it to God so he can give you instructions about it after you are aware. Uh, the wheat and the tares, according to the wisdom of God, grow together. He said, do not remove it until harvest time. Why did he say that? He said that because what the tear does, it wraps its roots around the wheat's roots. So if you were to pull up what you see, it may rip up what you want. This kind of wisdom only comes when you're in the right house. So those of you who are premature in your um, solution, you may be moving too quickly. And don't let it scare you because you really can't tell the difference between the wheat and the tares in its immature state. It's only when it matures that they begin to look differently. This is the kind of wisdom Solomon was given. Therefore, he could build accurately and effectively. Now, let's walk through this because this is very important. Just because you know what the problem is doesn't mean you need to address it now. I'm just helping you. 
so many things have been done prematurely and it made you look bad. Because they said that's a good person. It was a tear, but it just looked just like the wheat. If you wait until they can see the problem, then they'll encourage you when you become the solution. Okay. So I'm going to walk you through some things, and this is very important. Apply it to your home. Apply it to your organization. I only want to teach things that's going to be beneficial to you after you leave this place. Because myself and Lady Good Davis, we're good. But I'm concerned about your stuff. Because you may have some involvement with some things that can really be harmful to the longevity of what you have. So with this particular prayer, these are the type of things that, that happen. This particular blessing made opposition powerless. What we do today is to make our opposition powerless. We're not doing this just to have a church service. Now, those of you who don't think you have opposition, it's because you're not doing anything. Because once you start doing something, and I don't post everything on social media because my enemies can't handle it. I don't want to create more attack than what I'm ready to handle. So when you start matriculating in a direction that catches the attention of your adversary, you need your adversary and he or she attempts to be powerless. Today, your enemies will become powerless. As we dedicate everything back to the Lord, if your enemies have a face, today, they become powerless. Opposition is anything that's opposing the direction that God is sending you to. That particular thing, today, becomes powerless. God will not move, remove its existence, but God will remove its power. You want God to remove your enemy. Don't remove my enemy. Just make sure my enemy is not strong enough to stop me. This is what dedication is about. Is there, if there's a conspiracy that's going on, it's a waste of time and a waste of energy. To have those meetings that will never be successful against something that has been dedicated to God. Let me help you with something. Satan wars against you because he can never get into heaven again. Satan wars against you because he can never launch an attack on heaven again. So he tries to manipulate you as if he has power in a place where you're supposed to have dominion. Because God, now all the angels know that we rule. And if you get this today, you will stop allowing Satan to manipulate you, a powerless being. To manipulate you and make you feel like he's strong. Anything that doesn't have uh, strength is, uh, and it, it's operating effectively, it's operating out of the, the spirit of deception. It has to become a master at manipulation. Satan, the devil, the liar. Is a master of manipulation. Tries to convince you. That you're less than what God created you to be. That's manipulation. Using the events. That have taken place in your life. To lower your self esteem. That's manipulation. It's when you dedicate it back to God. You and your assets. You now understand the value. Of who you are. And what you have. They will, become, they will become confused in their efforts to produce evil against you. This is, why, this is why I do this. 
so I don't have to fight with people who have already lost. I want to save you some nights up walking the floor. Because when you dedicate to God, whatever that force is, it won't, will not be successful at its evil attempts against you. Evil does exist. Some of us in your house. But I believe by the time we're done, whatever opposition that's in your house will get an eviction notice before you get home. Whatever, whatever arguments that were going on before you left house. You know, because when you get to the parking lot, you got to put on your face. Praise the Lord. It's glory to God. But, but it wasn't that when you left home. So we're going to speak to what happened in your house. And tell what happened in your house. Peace. Be still. Because we're going to dedicate your resident to the Lord. And the devil. Satan. Confusion. Anything. That violates what God wants for your life cannot reside on the residence that God has put under your stewardship. They will become confused in their efforts to produce evil against you. They will focus until they started devising plans against you. They had some level of strength until they devised a plan to stop you. It will not, hear me, it will not be successful. Whatever device, no weapon after today that's formed against you shall be able to prosper. Some of y'all need that assurance. It's not just a word that's spoken. If you give all that you have to God, when the devil comes against it, it's coming against him. When I was a little boy, there were people who wanted to pick a fight with me. But when they saw my brothers, Today, everything that waged war against you, not your big brother, your father God and your brother Jesus Christ is going to show up on your behalf. I'm just going to teach you how to get father God involved in the earth. So Solomon understands while he's building, he understands the enemies that exist. He understands the wisdom that's needed to do what he does. I, I think people don't realize how wise you have to be to be a leader. It's not how well I can preach. It's how good I handle business after I'm done preaching. It is the decisions that I make. Because if I make the wrong decision, no matter how good my message was, I will not be back next week. Because things can happen that can remove you from the platform that God gave you if you're not careful to make sure you give everything back to God. Now, for you, I don't know how you value what God gave you, but every gift that God gave me, I value it. I'm like a kid at Christmas every time God blesses me. I'm so excited about every little or large thing that God does for me. You said, God, you're going to say something nice about me. You're going to give me a pen. You're going to give me a picture. As long as I know it came from you, I'm going to shout all over the house because you believe if you put a pencil in my hand, I will have the ability to write. Every small thing that God gives you points to a larger thing. If he gives you a pencil or a pen, write a book. Look at what you have and see the potential in what you have. Give me a tree, I'll have a chair and a table. 
You got to see if he gives you a tree, then you got to look at that tree and see the potential in that tree. If he gives you a child, you got to see the potential in that child. If he gives you a husband or a wife, you got to see the potential in that husband or wife. Whatever God gives you, when you dedicate it back to God, you'll see the potential in it. You want to know why we got so many people in the streets? It's because the people who birthed them didn't see potential in them. So when you get in the right house, your eyes open to the potential of the things around you. When you get in the right house, wisdom and the presence of God begins to show you what you're capable of while you're in the lowest place of your life. It's based on what's in the house. Never distort the house. You distort the house, you lose your vision for the future. And I'm going to give you a house. This particular house, I'm going to protect it for everything that wants to produce evil against you. In this house, during times of worship and the preaching of the word, I'll give you creative ideas, innovative ideas. That you walk out of this place and you go get some type of form of uh, legal plans for the idea that you have. Because if you do not, they will take it. I want to encourage you, what you capture today, don't tell it before you legally document it. I want you to get prepared. We're not just having church. We're raising up successful people. We're not just having church. The praise was to drive the enemy away so that the thought patterns are not cluttered by all the adversity that happened before you got here. So you're about to get some relief. Let me tell you how God relieves you. He lets the thing that was adding pressure to you get confused. And start warring against itself. You don't have to wake up tomorrow morning looking for the devil. They're going to be busy taking themselves out. You need to reserve your thought pattern for the creative things that God wants to do. You cannot spend the rest of your life wondering what your enemies are up to. Let me tell you after today what they're up to. They're fighting one another. They're confused. They're talking about one another both physically and on social media. Do not engage. Just go to work building your dreams. Because of what we're doing, the blessing causes the opposition to be powerless. They will like they will like the consistency that it takes to break the apostolic anointing on our assembly. When I use the terminology apostolic, I am not talking about foolishness. Apostolic has to do with order. It has to do with ranking. It's filled with authority and power to dispel the works of the enemy. We're not accustomed to it because if we were accustomed to it and had understanding of it, we would know how much we need it in the days that we live in. So you set this particular order when Satan wages war against your child that's at the university that had all good intentions of going to get an education so that they can further their lives. But this, this particular form of wickedness that waits upon them and studies their appetite and wants to join itself to them. You all the way in your city, all the apostolic anointing on your life when you pray, all of a sudden before they can get in the dorm room, they're already sent in another direction. Somebody better shout right there 
Back in my days when I was young, when I had crazy thoughts, I can see where the Lord showed up on my behalf and led me in another direction. I was at a house. I can remember as a teenager, I was at a house and then things shifted in that particular house. Some people came in that I didn't think should be at that house. So I understood because of my mama and my grandmama's apostolic prayer. I got up and left that house. The next day, the police was at that house and they arrested half of the males who were in the house. The, the reason my mama prayed an apostolic prayer and my grandmother prayed an apostolic prayer, they got me out of a situation so I don't have a prison record. I've never been arrested. In almost 40 years, I've not had a ticket. It's because when an apostolic prayer is prayed over you, it'll defend you from all the things that the devil is using. Check my record. All you can figure out is that I'm a man of authority and power and wisdom and might. They will lack the consistency. Listen. In order to stop you, it takes a whole lot of consistency. Y'all think the devil can uh, come against you one day and that's enough. No, the devil has to come against you multiple times in a day. Seven days a week. If he lets you breathe, you're going to get up. And some of y'all been wondering why the devil's been so hard after you. It's because he knows if you ever take another breath. <sighs> If you ever breathe again, some of y'all have not exhaled in a long time. You've been inhaling, but you have not been exhaling. Everything about exhaling makes things live. When God exhaled, Adam came to life. When you exhale, your dream will live. And the devil doesn't mind you inhaling. He just doesn't want you to exhale. I dare you to catch your breath and, and breathe. If breathing wasn't important, God wouldn't have breathed into Adam. If breathing wasn't important, God wouldn't have breathed on them in Acts chapter 2. Breathing is very important. When you come to church, if you hadn't breathed all week long, you ought to be able to breathe when you come to church. That's why we got to stop all the mess. Because some of us hadn't taken a breath in a long time. We can't breathe at home. We can't breathe on the job. We can't breathe in the car. We can't breathe around our best friends because we don't know if they're our best friends or not. But when we come to the house of worship when we start worshiping when we start praising it's about breathing don't tell me not to praise but I came in this house because I need to breathe don't tell me to come down you know I've gone six days without breathing and you want to tell me to sit down I'm not going to sit down I came to breathe when anything terrifies you, you so most of the so called believers are so terrified by their situations they stop believing and they stop breathing and if you stop breathing there's nothing we can do with you until you start breathing again cause breath is hope if I'm breathing I can come out of this if I'm breathing this gonna change if I'm breathing I got another day if I'm breathing something's gonna work for my good if I'm breathing all things can work together for my good but if I'm breathing has been trying to suffocate you doesn't have enough consistency to stop you you may be coughing a little bit but you're catching your breath now yeah you're trying to get your composure but you're catching your breath right now I came to tell you God's house will never stop breathing because it's his house and every time it seems like it's in trouble God's gonna breathe into it again God's just showing you anytime he breathes. That's why the atmosphere stays electrified. There's nothing you can go to. You have to make a choice to be in this house to not breathe. Yeah, you went through some heartache, but keep on breathing. Breathe for the ones who are not here breathing.
I'm breathing for my father. I'm breathing for my mother. I'm breathing for my deceased sister. I'm breathing for my brothers. I'm breathing for every member that I didn't want to lose and left. I'm breathing for them. Don't stop breathing. I know we got some viruses going around. Slap your neighbor. Tell them don't stop breathing. My mama invested in me that I will breathe after she stopped breathing. My daddy invested in me that I will breathe when he stopped breathing. All those who came before me, my spiritual father, made an investment in me so that I will breathe when he stopped breathing. Are you still breathing? If I don't breathe, my father's investment was a bad investment. But all of you who know that somebody teaching you, training you, mentoring you, caused you to breathe, and it was a good investment. It was a great investment. Cause you're still pre- You can you can take the route of leash resistance if you want to But that devil that hates your bloodline will come to that place looking for you. Why don't we just take the route that God has given us and let's be equipped for the times that God has called us and let God keep breathing in us. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I'm not going to stop breathing when it's time to eat. I came to tell you the presence of your enemy under this dedication time is an announcement that God is serving you a meal that you may not have deserved, but he sat you at the table anyway. When you get a chance to eat like this, it is a sign that God has so much purpose in you. Your life is not over. Your life is now beginning. when we came into this building because we came in as a breathing church this church this building has stopped breathing hadn't breathed in years whenever God wants something to breathe again he'll send somebody who knows what it is to be resuscitated I believe on, on this dedication God wants to revive you some of y'all stop breathing that's why you don't smile as much that's why you look like all hell is breaking loose as long as I'm breathing hell can break loose I still have the victory I'm going to outlast the fire I'm going to outlast the opposition I'm going to outlast the challenges I'm going to outlast whatever it is I'm going to outlast it yeah I see what it is but I have the endurance in me to outlast what's coming against me and if it can't outlast me it can't defeat me give me my belt of victory right now because I know that I'm going to outlast this See, God is doing things generational. You got you to teach your children how to breathe. You got to teach them how to not quit when things get difficult. Because we, we are raised a generation, if it gets tough, they move outside of their calling, which leaves them outside of their anointing, which leaves them open to an enemy that will never have access in that way to them if they were walking the highway that God had laid for them. A lot of people want to give me advice. I listen with the ear of God. If it doesn't line up with what I'm called to, I don't do it. Because people can give you advice but never reach out to help you. I serve a God that gave me direction and he's a very present help in the time of trouble. In fact, anytime things get tough, I look to the hills from which come my help. I ain't trying to find no Facebook friend. I look to the hills from which comes my help. I know my help comes from the Lord. 
He is consistent at his helping. He will not deny me when I call upon him. He said in his word, he will answer me. He's setting, he's setting this house up. So that when opposition comes, and he talks about the opposition. I left this portion of scripture out early. I added it this morning. Because these are the type of things that can happen while you're on your journey. It doesn't mean that you're cursed. The only time you're cursed is when you're not knowledgeable about the tools that you have to lead you into your future. Listen to this. He said, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain. Or command the locust, which is his army, to devour the land. Or send pestilence among my people if my people who are called by my name will number one put down your degree and your accolades stop acting like you moved to the suburbs and nobody can tell you what to do anymore put down everything that exemplifies arrogancy and humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from any wickedness in your heart then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your trespasses, your sins, and I will heal your land. Now, I got a problem with people who only want to be forgiven one time. That means you're not living beyond this day because you're going to do some other stuff that doesn't line up with what God wants. And whenever you get to the place where you don't ask God to forgive you, then you are not going to be healed beyond that point. So as long as I'm saying, God, forgive me, God is also healing me because forgiveness and healing all work together. So if you want a healing, you need to ask for some forgiveness, not because of what you've done, Forgive me for how I felt when they done it to me. I wanted to take them out. Lord, forgive me. I wanted to go on social media and blast them. Lord, forgive me. I wanted to tell all my friends about what they done to me. Lord, forgive me. When you start talking about that, everything they done to you to cut you, to tear you down, to break you down. All of a sudden, healing come and start putting you back together again. Anybody in this house ready to be put back together again? I know they've done you bad. I know you've done you wrong. But when you ask for forgiveness, God will put you back together again. There are people who can't figure out why I'm still in existence. I learned how to keep this house strong and I know how to keep this house strong. Many times I don't go to the Lord just for my issues. As long as I am the senior leader of refresh, I have to repent for refresh. Lord, forgive us for all the craziness that we've done, knowingly and unknowingly, because we need you to come sit down in this place, because if you don't sit down, we're in some serious trouble. We got some meetings that we don't know how it's going to turn out. Well, if you sit down, God, everything's going to work out for my good. I came to tell every one of you, I don't care if it's a court case or a doctor's appointment, it's going to work out for your good. You want to know why? You're in the right house. You believe you're in the right house? Why don't you give God a praise? What you thought you couldn't get over, you're already on the other side. This is not Wednesday hump day. Hump day is gone. You're about to step into a new beginning, baby. You better get yourself ready. God is giving you some rest from every oppressive spirit today. You can tell when your leader loves you, they structure things to benefit you. 
Y'all don't know what, how much hell I've gone through trying to structure things so that we can all benefit from it. Because people are so selfish nowadays. They want a position, no education, no training, and, and no, no strong desire, no calling. So you almost have to stiff arm them. And they want to eat your arm off. But when you're trying to set something up that's going to benefit everybody, you have to say no to somebody. God is ready to bless his people. God is ready to elevate his people. Not in a position in the church, but in the community. On your job. God wants to make you CEOs out there. Stop trying to be that in here. Let us empower you in here. And you go out there and not take sides. You think I'm going to bring myself down to just being an uh, an usher in the church when I can go out there and I can dominate outside all types of opportunity all types of unrighteous people got positions that belong to us and we still trying to be an usher or a greeter in church still trying to get in the choir I want to tell you something there's more to you than being in the choir and being an usher and a greeter yes you need to serve the church but you need to dominate in the world how many of you know that cause of, because of this blessing that's on this house you're called to go dominate some of your numbers are beginning to click now some of you who didn't have clients and good business all of a sudden i decree and declare because you're in this house and you're streaming in your numbers begin to go through the roof i have so many people who are joined to me they said, when we line things up, things just open up. I was on the phone with one of my sons on yesterday. And he said, just because we're, we're now executing what you said. He said, we made, we made $24,000 just got because we're implementing what you said. If you do what I'm teaching, I promise you, no good thing will be withheld from you. I'm telling you, God is ready to open up heaven over your life. God doesn't just open up heaven over the church. God wants to open up heaven over your life. That everything you put your hands to, it begins to prosper and flourish everywhere the soles of your feet shall tread God will give you that territory can you believe it I gotta stop Dr. Trotter I have kept this place in order so that people who have confidence still in the Lord, still in the man of God, still in the church, will be blessed beyond their wildest dreams. If you stop believing in God, you stay around here long enough, we're going to show you how God works. You can take the jawbone of a donkey and kill a thousand Philistines. You can do more with less. Some of you think you got to have big stuff. You take little stuff and do great things with it. Give me an idea and it'll change everything. Give me an idea, you'll be wearing my clothing. You'll be shopping in my store. You'll be getting your resources from my uh, warehouse and my plant. If you give me an idea, that's what it's about. If you can get in an atmosphere where the ideas are downloaded into the place, you just catch yours out of the atmosphere and then you go implement. That's what it does. Never come in here like, I don't know if I want to be here or not. You just afforded your opportunity to be great in the world because God is always going to reserve him a place in the earth so he can shower down blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. How many takers of this blessing do y'all are in this place right now i dare you to take it you don't have to pretend to be blessed you don't have to pretend to be healthy you don't have to pretend to be sane the, the people the people that don't understand this they wonder why I let certain people come around so they can become better. The reason you won't bring them around because you don't have enough confidence in yourself. 
You can't kill my credibility and my integrity when I'm called to cover people and strengthen people and raise people up. You don't have the tools to do it, nor the patience. Let me have them. Let me have the worst one. Let me have the woman who was caught in the midst of adultery. And I'll teach her how to be a daughter and hang around the tomb long after Jesus has been resurrected. Let me have somebody that everybody discarded that will respect me and honor the anointing on my life. And watch them raise up, be raised up from the ashes. Give me that broke down person that believes in the words that are coming out of my mouth and watch your lives begin to evolve into that which God has ordained. I don't want to deal with somebody that's satisfied. I want to deal with somebody that's hungry. That said, God, I feel like you want to do something with me. People who are struggling should be looking for you. Why are you trying to grade them? Ask yourself, do you have enough anointing on your life to change them? People are always afraid of what they can't influence. But when you know you got major influence, let the dogs come, I'll turn them into sheep. If they stay around long enough, they will no longer be drug dealers, they'll be entrepreneurs. If they stay around long enough, God will evolve them in what to what he originally planned for them to be. If I ever get influence over them, they're going to be better after they leave than they were when they came. So we're going to open up the walls. Anybody, whosoever will, let them come because we feel like God got something on us and with us that can change anybody. And you're wondering what they're going to say about you when you go to the drug house. They're going to call you the deliverer. wonder why God didn't leave Moses in the wilderness it's because there was a blessing on him to liberate the children of Israel who were in Egypt so when you aboard the place you call bondage you never utilize the anointing that God has placed on your life to free people up. God anointed me. God anointed this house to free up everything that comes in contact with it. And I believe that anointing on this house will never change. And when we get ready, we'll take it to another house. It'll go on every location. It'll fall on every people. I, 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 I'm not putting up with people who are judgmental. God looks at the heart. Only man with his limited eyes look at the outward appearance why try to protect a reputation that you don't have you're not all that in a bag of chips <laughs> nobody really knows you what are you trying to protect they will know you if you become an answer to a problem I'm an answer to a problem. I'm a solution. This is a solution. God placed us here. Not to run from issues. But to resolve issues that people have not been able to resolve for many years. That's why we're here. Lady Davis, get ready. Charger, you're going to have to put me out there, girl, because I got something to say. And everybody better get ready to do their jobs because I got more on me now. When you have something that's good, people who want to be better want it. And don't get caught up in the people who criticize you. They just didn't know what their need was. And a lot of people, tons of people, they missed out on your presence. By the middle part of 2024, they're going to realize how much they missed it with you. Because when you look at your surroundings with a negative eye, 
you can never see a positive blessing. What God sends to deliver you don't always look like what you expected. Come on, Lady Davis. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the word of God today. We thank God for our apostle. We thank God for life that he's speaking into us. As we prepare to go into our dedication service, if you would like, you could have your seats. I'm going to read our dedication preface. And it reads, recognizing that the almighty God does not dwell in houses made with hands, that heaven is his throne and earth his footstool. And that he cannot be contained in the heaven of heavens, much less in this house. We follow the admonition and directive given to Moses, who built a tabernacle in which his name would be recorded and his honor dwell, and wherein his glory was sanctioned. We now consecrate this building as a house of worship. We designate this sacred place as Refresh Family Church, located in Birmingham, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Brent, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, and Liberia. Atlanta, Georgia, and Liberia. Refresh Family Church Center in Birmingham, Alabama, and Refresh Worship Center in South Korea. To our tri triune God, where together we will gather for worship, praise, thanksgiving, and prayer. Here may his inspired word be shared, his sacraments be administered, his people be blessed so as to serve him well within this community and with a vision for the salvation of the world to increase his kingdom as souls are saved by faith in the saving Lord Jesus Christ. We now accept this building for its intended use with thanksgiving to God. Amen. Our dedication prayer. Almighty God whom the heavens cannot contain, but whose will it is to have a house on earth where your honor dwells and where people may continually call on your holy name. Be pleased to enter this house, which we now consecrate to your name. We set this house apart from all common and worldly uses as a sanctuary for your presence, where we may gather for worship and fellowship, where we may celebrate new life through the sacraments, where we may confess our sins and receive your forgiveness, where we may study your holy word, where we may administer the business of your church, where we may dedicate our lives, our time, our talents, our treasures for the advancement of your kingdom, where we may meet together as your family to enjoy your gifts and blessings, where we may come in quiet meditation, in prayer and with mutual love and experience your presence and your glory as you dwell amongst us in wisdom and truth. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Let the church say amen. Amen, amen. At this time, Apostle Frederick Ackland it's going to do my role, and then I'm going to come back with the blessing. Apostle Ackland was a son of the late Bishop Eddie L. Long. He was my brother. Uh, he's come to me because he wants to be better. And each time he gets with me, he becomes better. I told him in Huntsville, I don't know what all comes with it. But one thing I'll always be is I'll be a good brother to you. I'll always cover you like a father would cover you. Therefore, he's here, and I can't prove any perfections in anyone, but I can prove relationship. Receive now, Apostle Frederick Ackley. We are gathered to dedicate and set apart Refresh Family Church which God has prospered for his glory. We are also here to dedicate my personal ministries, Direct Connect, Apostolic Global Impact, I Am The One, WOW, Suits, Stephen A. Davis, LLC, and everything that belongs to us. 
people. To God, everlasting Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, and from whom every good and perfect gift, and by whose mercy and grace we are saved. People. To Jesus Christ, our crucified, resurrected, living and coming again Lord, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, and who is the way, the truth, and the life. People. To the Holy Spirit, source of life and light, comforter of all those born again, and to the one who alone can apply the finished work of Christ to the soul and give the new life of faith in the Son of God to all who receive him. People. Our God, you who are present in every place of your dominion to accept the services of all your people, hear us, we humbly pray by your Holy Spirit, consecrate this house. We now dedicate to you for the worship of your holy name, the ministry of your word, and the administration of your sacraments. Everyone, we dedicate everything back to God in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Over the years, uh, I've had the privilege to serve under pastors who understood the declaration of a blessing over the people, over the congregation that they led. And because of that, I am the recipient of using my faith to believe that where I started was not my finishing point. And uh, I've operated under that blessing for many, many years. And uh, the only way I can explain where I am now is that an empowerment came on my life and came on the work that I was doing to help me to make it through some of the most horrific events in my life, one being the loss of my mother. Um, but God kept me. And because he kept me, I'm able to use what was used to bless me, to bless you. And I believe regardless of whatever comes your way, this particular blessing that I will speak over you will keep you and comfort you knowing that all things do work together for the good. I'm an international speaker because my mom went home. Because I wasn't leaving this country as long as she was alive. It was when she went home that I went international. Number six in verse 22 down to verse 27. It reads this way. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. I'm going to interchange that with refresh. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of refresh and I will bless them. Those of you who have documents and have a list of things that you want to present before God, I think the children are supposed to be making their way in. I don't know if they're here yet. They are here. They are in the room. I want you to hold those up. Don't bring those to the altar. You keep those. These are documents. These are legal documents of all that's under my stewardship. I never do anything without having the assistance of my attorney because I want to make sure everything that I do is legal and is protected. And if I need his help, he's going to be right there 
to war on my behalf while God inspires him with wisdom to make sure I win every case. So if you would, just lift up Joe's documents now if you have them. If you do not have them, I want you to just think about it. And as you're thinking about it, I want you to believe right now. Father God, over these, whether it be in the sanctuary or streaming, Father, I speak to everything that pertains to them. Father, anything that's under attack right now, if it's a covenant, if it's an agreement, if it's a legal document, if it's a binding document, I decree and I declare on today, God, that you bring great victory in the lives of your people. Father, allow the blessing of Abraham to rest upon them. From this day forward, after we have dedicated everything to you, Father, now you're obligated to us. You're obligated to our generation. You're obligated to the generation that comes after us. You're obligated to the generation that comes after them. Father, I thank you now that every bill is paid. Debt is canceled. Father, I thank you for the cancellation of the tormentor. Father, a mortgage is like slavery. So, Father, we decreed and declare, even if it was written and signed this year, that you would supernaturally cancel the debt. We remove all limitations of you to function now. We thank you, God, for the occupancy that we will enter into. We will enter into that occupancy debt-free. Father, we thank you for structures that have no notes or bills. Father, I thank you and I bless you now. We drive debt-free transportation. Father, I decree and declare as a servant of this house that you would give us wisdom and knowledge in the area of finances. Raise up a financial agent, a steward, a teacher of finances that we will never be enslaved ever again to the spirit of debt. I decree and declare that the spirit of poverty is broken off of your people right now. The spirit of lack is broken off of your people now. Father, we will not be subservient to governmental support. We will support the government. We decree and we declare over your people now, Father, that they will be some of the greatest people in the earth. Father, that you would do such things in their lives that when the enemy comes against them one way, he will flee before them in seven different ways. God, nations will fear them and call them blessed because of the name of the Lord that's placed upon them. This day, God, as they are here to your word and they respond to the word that's being spoken now, they will walk in their divine purpose. God, they will supersede the normal. God, you will put super on their natural right now. God, you'll raise them up in untold knowledge and understanding, God. Wisdom beyond their age. I, I decree and declare wisdom of the ages now. Father, they will be problem solvers from this day forward. God, God, they will see a problem and quickly have the solution to that problem because of what you're doing in and through their lives right now. God, you're removing every burden and you're destroying every yoke right now. Anything that they were tied to that was taking them in a direction that you did not want for their lives. We break it now with the anointing of Jesus Christ. Now, oh spirit of the living God, fill their life with all good things. All the good things that come from heaven above. Prove yourself as they your as their father as we prove ourselves as your children we now in our identity as your descendants god we enter into that which you have ordained for our lives and no good thing shall be withheld from your children i decree and declare that the enemy becomes our bread. Cancel on a Sunday what could not be altered unless it was a business day. They won't know what happened tomorrow morning. 
because it happened today. It happened today. It happened today. In the name of Jesus, our King, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate the Lord right there. Hey, if you're ever in the Birmingham area, we'd love to see you. Stop by because everyone is welcome at Refresh Family Church. It's full of friendly people, a warm atmosphere, and a powerful word. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. or our empowerment service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're located at 117 12th Court Northwest in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you soon at Refresh. Want to find out more about Apostle Stephen A. Davis? Well, log on because StephenADavis.org is now live. That's right. Log on to StephenADavis.org now and you can find out all about him. Watch live broadcasts and get all the information you need at StephenADavis.org. Available on all platforms. Log on today. Refresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. At Refresh Family Church, we're more than just a church. We're a nation. To find out more, log on to StephenADavis.org. We'll see you next time.